What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast. It's time for the SummerSlam 2021 post-show. We're going to talk about everything that happened here. The good, the bad, the WTF, the OMGs, everything that is under the sun here. Because it's SummerSlam, so everything's under the sun a little bit, at least in Allegiant Stadium. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, are Robert E. Felice. It was a very perplexing night with many emotions. And Callum Wiggins. It put the meh in summer sl- some meh slam. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Much uh, more astute con- uh, observation than saying that it put the... the- La or anything else like that <laughs> works much better that way. But I, there's good things and there's bad things for this. I don't want that to come off as like it's just all a bunch of meh. There are things we're going to kind of rave about and some things that we're going to be like, oh, man. So like with everything else, I want to know what everybody else has to say about this. So drop a comment below. Tell us your thoughts on what's going on. If you're in the live chat, which I can see some people popping up right there then chat it up in the live chat and tell us what's going on with that. I see we got Roan Cooper, we got Christopher Marin, we got Huerta, we got Brandon, we got Frankie, we got Kels, Car Corner, Lord Harkey, Marquise, Adam, William, Peter. A good amount of people tossing out a whole bunch of opinions, some good, some bad here and there. But um, overall, before we get into specifics... What was your kind of uh, your range of emotions for the night? Were you steady in one direction? Were you kind of bouncing up and down like I was throughout the night? I was mostly in the camp of, oh boy, this is rough. But when it was good, it was real good. I'll say that. I think as it hit me, particularly during the when we talk about the Bianca and the Bianca segment and everything else. But overall, I came away from this show feeling I don't want to watch WWE anymore. And I mean that with an absolute, like, just serious, just like, not it meant to be like, just a like, supreme, like, uh, over-exaggeration or trying to overblow anything like this. I watched the show and nothing appeals to me even when the wrestling was good i didn't care and the whole presentation and the whole swave that wwe puts on these entire uh, events the way that it's structured the length of the entrances the fucking ar all of this stuff it just i don't want it anymore i'm, I'm fucking sick of it i hate watching this program so i wonder who's going to be the most negative so, but I, but i'm gonna cut you i'm gonna cut you off here because i really i think he's serious and i mean like we can talk about it a little bit the dichotomy and the emotions of the two different shows that we mm-hmm. watched between friday and saturday i do feel myself aligning with him oh i but, i think you're totally justified Absolutely. Yeah, and- I, I, I don't want to take it away because I, I'm like, I don't want to be the, the ultimate like negative thing because there were like like you said there, there were good matches on the show. I have nothing. I have no problem with most of the performers, what they put together and stuff like that. The booking is shit. The presentation I think is awful, and the crowd was dead halfway through a lot of these segments as well until they got to the stuff they actually cared about. And yeah, I just feel like when you look at the dichotomy between what 
just say AEW is doing, you look at what's happening with WWE right now, it just it's hard to find any sort of enthusiasm. So even if I could say, oh, yeah, this was a really good match, just like. But what does it mean? Yeah, it's a vacuum. It's an right. it's speaking in a vacuum. It's just like it do, it doesn't actually. There's not nothing enough. I took nothing away from this show, which gives me any indication that WWE is like turning a corner or anything along those lines. And that's the most depressing thing about the, the entire experience. <laughs> Well, I do see uh, a variety of some opinions here. Um, uh, Indranil, if I'm saying it correctly, says awesome show, loved it. Lesnar fire. We got a uh, Kervin said they really buried Bianca. We got the Bianca thing. That's going to be a big part of this. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guess why it says, oh my God, yes, go on, Callum. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we should just start at the top. And just a reminder again, of course, if you're listening to this live or you're listening to it afterward, drop your comments. If you want to, you know, help us out in some fashion, the like button, the shares, the favorites, the follows, the subscriptions, the join buttons, the thanks button, the uh, whatever you call these different buttons. They change some of them here and there, but do the buttons, all the good buttons, not the bad buttons. Uh, take advantage of the super chats if you really want to make sure that I see something in there. It's greatly appreciated if you do. Check out the Patreon if you want to help us out in that fashion. And uh, join the members-only side of things if you want to get access to that kind of stuff, too. It's the same thing as Patreon. Well, I got that out of the way. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I mean, we can dive a little bit deeper into this. Um, We started things off with the kickoff, as per usual. Now, I know that that's never really been something that's too all that much interesting, but... We had two things that we were kind of interested in, at least I was, and some other people I could imagine were too, above anything else, which was, are we going to get a match, and are we going to get any confirmation about Sasha Banks? So what they did for those two things were they did announce Big E versus Baron Corbin, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and they didn't say anything really about Sasha Banks. Again, we'll talk about that in a little bit too, but that was really like the things I was like looking out for for the kickoff in the meantime got some other things that were sort of funny a lot of audio glitches here and there did anybody else notice that not even in the slightest there were uh some instances of i think it was kayla saying to rosenberger might have been uh but like to somebody oh that was a good one and i was like oh thanks you know there's another one i think it was kevin patrick was like am i on camera <laughs> and they had to cut away with another thing Hey, look, we'd make fun of it if it was Impact. Got to make fun of it if it's WWE when those things happen, too. Got to be fair. So that stood out to me. It's kind of fun. And I have nothing to say up until we get to the match other than that. Anybody else have anything to say other than that or skip right to the match? Skip right to the match. Well, before the match started, they introduced a contest winner. They had some kind of thing on TikTok, and this person was able to announce the match. She did pretty damn good. If I didn't know, and I was just getting back into wrestling for the first time in like 10 years, I would genuinely think she was just employed by WWE. Not bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, she had a pretty powerful voice. So, uh, credit to her. I didn't catch her name, so sorry, I can't really, you know, kind of toss that out there. But whoever it was, good job on that. And we got Big E versus Baron Corbin. Fine enough match. I liked how Corbin was trying to make sure that he could run away with the uh, briefcase instead of just being worried about winning the match itself. But um, yeah, nothing really much to it. It's just it was a match. It was a thing. I liked it. 
I like that. Uh, Big E scares me every time he does the apron and spear, mm. especially to a tall Baron Corbin who wasn't able to fly like the most do. But good match, and Big E looks dominant, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I appreciate the fact that Big E's looking a lot leaner recently. Like he's obviously got a huge amount of muscle in his um, shoulders and pectorals, but it's just he looks more in shape than I think I've seen him in uh, pretty much his entire WWE run. Uh, the spear spot I think he needs to stop doing because he will injure himself at some point because he keeps catching his legs on the middle rope and so he is going to fall flat on his face at some point and that could be problematic for him uh, the Corbin stuff has been fun him just trying to walk away with the briefcase trying to do whatever he can to keep hold of that even though it belongs to Big E but Big E gets the win as he should do reclaims the briefcase and yeah we move forward the biggest pop for me was that in Baron Corbin's ID photo for the match, he was holding the briefcase. Like, they bothered to take promotional <laughs> photos of Baron Corbin with the briefcase. That's funny that they bothered to do that, especially because there's some people on the website that it's like if you click on their profile, you see that their graphics from, like, 2017 or so. Like, I, I don't remember the last time that they might have updated, like, Tamina's or somebody, you know? They bothered to do that. That's funny. Uh, Marquise in the chat. Uh, super chat. Thank you. A tale of two shows. Pure ecstasy one night. Anger and boredom the next. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of indicative of this. Um, Frankie bringing out. Very good. WWE is partnering with TikTok. I love TikTok personally. Probably the most popular social media platforms are good for both sides. It's definitely a generational thing for sure. Now, I'm in my 30s. TikTok is just Vine, but people doing an arm dance. In my mind, I'm very much the cranky old man kind of deal. I don't get the TikTok thing. You, you kids with your TikToks and your musics and <laughs> whatever it might be. <laughs> your rap music. Um, uh, I will say that if it's working out for them, more power to them because that's all they care about. So if they can make it matter, very good. Uh, yeah. You know, as far as what... The uh, best of times, blurst of times, you know? Friday was great. Today had its bumps. A lot of people thinking bumps tonight. I had to make the joke, because why not? I liked that uh, every time they showed Log- Logan Paul, the audience booed. <laughs> that was another thing in the kickoff that I thought was funny. They went yeah, back sure to it a couple times, it. too. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be bringing in a lot of uh, viewers on uh, on Monday night. What's on Monday night? He's appearing on a. Uh, He's the, on uh, Moist TV. Moist TV. Hey, watch the product. Callum doesn't even watch the product. I edit some of these things out of my brain at this point. I got there's too much stuff in there. I gotta you know, empty some space and defrag my uh, my mind. You know what? Since we're talking about Moist TV, can we just skip right to the other filler segment, which was? Well, there's multiple Ms. filler segments, but yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll get, we'll get to it. It's fine. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> We will talk Moist TV. But I thought that they had a decent enough kickoff match. It's not the craziest thing in the world or whatever. Then I think that they moved over to the uh, one of the better matches of the night, too. A good way to start off the real main card, the Raw Tag Team Championship. RK-Bro winning the titles from AJ Styles and Amas. Really nothing to say here for me other than I liked it. I liked every pretty much element of it. Glad that we have new tag team champions. Just was a fun way to start things off. 
I was surprised at how suddenly it ended, even though I know that's the gimmick with the RKO. It still felt like it was abrupt to me. But yeah, fun match. Yeah, I, 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 I've honestly, I loved it. If if I didn't write down any like bullet point notes of it, I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in this match. It was really, really formulaic and steady. It's like, okay, they beat on Riddle for a while. He gets the hot tag to Randy. Randy does a few things, bits and pieces, and then he pins AJ Styles out of nowhere. The best fight in the entire match was AJ doing a, his um reverse DDT off the apron yeah. to Riddle on the floor. But that's then that really immediately, uh, but then it's like, okay, that's the, okay, the match is, that's when I felt like, okay, the match is picking up a bit now. And then he gets hit by an RKO and it's over. <laughs> yeah, that's Good. my favorite so move I'm not the whole thing. When I felt that, like, it just ended out of nowhere. I know, and again, I know that's the well, back, but. This, this is when I started to feel like, okay, we're going to see a lot of kind of concise matches here because I was under the impression that SummerSlam was going to run fairly <laughs> short just because of that uh, pack. Kiao, um, whatever the other guys, Ud- Urdu or whatever his uh, name is, match that was going on in Las Vegas at like later on in the evening. So I thought, okay, a lot of these matches are going to go somewhere between five and ten minutes. But then as the show progressed, more and more matches started going long, and in some cases too long. But we'll get to those. Yeah, see, the match itself was not something that I can be like, all right, these ins and outs are specifically all that great. I just happened to like it. It was, you know, sometimes, you know, it doesn't need to be super crazy for me to just give it a thumbs up sort of deal. This was kind of on that wavelength. I, um, I'm a big fan more than anything that we do have the new tag team champions because I do think that that was the right call to make, which at the end of the day, if, like from a personal perspective, if the right call is made and what I'm hoping who the person who wins wins kind of deal, more often than not, I'm going to be happy with the result. The match itself might be terrible, and it might be like, well, all right, well, at least this person won or so. And there's matches where oh, I wanted the other person to win, but the match was great, or you know, whatever it might be. But when it's just a regular, normal, fine match, and the right thing happens, and it's something that's good like that, I see no reason to complain about it, really. And I'm curious to see where they go with this. Uh, of course, I don't expect these two to be still holding the tag team titles by WrestleMania or anything like that. I expect them to be feuding probably at Mania or onward, but we'll track that story as it comes along and see what happens. I mean, I can tell you where they're going with it. They're going to face AJ and Omos at Extreme Rules. Probably in some kind of gimmick match, you know. Or they'll do the type of thing where that should make sense, so then they do it on Raw instead, you know. (laughs) Well, they'll they'll do it on Raw and then they'll also do it at Extreme Rules. Maybe, maybe it's the whole like uh, a rematch on Raw with the, the just a regular standard rematch and then a gimmick match after that kind of deal. Just I feel like copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. They're the kind of tag team champions that at some point in the journey they're gonna end up in a three way for the title, and it'll be well, can they coexist or will they just get in each other's way? They will do that to headline a pay per view at some point when they're like in a lull for December or whatever. So moving on from there, we had one of the low points here for me. Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie. One note I have here to start things off. Alexa Bliss coming out in broad daylight really doesn't help the gimmick. Well, 
This match doesn't help anybody, so, you no, know. <laughs> that's true. It certainly doesn't help the people that are like, give Eva Maria a chance, she'd learned how to wrestle more uh, by then, or doesn't help anybody who says, ah, the Alexa Bliss character's fun, you could do a whole bunch of crazy stuff, and then they don't do it. I hate it all, but... Yeah. I, like, the Lily thing is silly, they're slapping the doll, then the doll doesn't even, you know, mega form into a giant thing and kick Alexa Bliss's ass because they're not in the Thunderdome anymore so you can't do that and I don't know I just I don't care I don't like this Alexa Bliss I want just like regular Alexa back because she's better off that way and Dewdrop you know hopefully this goes somewhere for her but right now this feud ain't doing nothing for me yeah, this match absolutely sucked. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no redeeming feature about this match at all, except that I think at one point Alexa Bliss hit a pretty stiff elbow. That's probably the the main highlight to take away from this match. Uh, Eva can't sell at all. Like, she was knocked down at one point with a um, sent on, immediately started getting back up and looking towards Dewdrop and just like not looking like she'd been hurt at all. Um, there was a small um chance of a we want Wyatt. There were chance of we want refunds as well at some point. That was quite early on in the show, so that's a that's a good time to start doing it. Well according uh, to some that were there, like the the cash app stuff were was down, the card swipers were down. So I think they were just having a rough go of it in terms of like making purchases and things of that nature. Eva's um, offense towards Lily was probably more um, authentic than her offense towards Alexa. Uh, just slapping her a couple of times, and then hitting her with the doll, because that's a, a big deal. Um, and then there was this the worst moment of the match for me was actually the finish where Alexa goes for the DDT and uh, Eva takes it badly, and then you can you can just see her immediately get her hair out of her face. Just goes like she's taking a DVT. Her first course of action is to brush hair out of her face. Like not sell it at all. And then That's... she just has to lay down in place for three seconds. And then, yeah, okay. And then and then all this stuff about do drop on the floor. Says the loser is Eva Marie, and then she poses in the robe. And I'm just thinking, why why were these two ever attacking? Can anyone ever explain like what the what the purpose of this was like why do they still get on why do they still do things together and stuff like that are they still going to be a tag team on raw are they still going to come out together and stuff like that is it like what what is where are we going with any of this i think that they put them together because it was a way to call up a new star and also try to do this can we can we stop using that language please can we not we can't refer to anybody apart from one or two select people mm-hmm. as stars. They are not stars. They're just pe- bodies on a TV show. <laughs> My bad. So they they swapped one of the bodies from the UK TV show to the Monday Night American Yeah, that's good. Show. See, that's good. I like that language, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the, when Take nowhere... some of these, like, slightly more realistic mannequins and put them onto the show. <laughs> <laughs> and it went nowhere because, as you just said... They are not stars. They are just warm bodies. So what are you going to do? 
and guess five. I know, I know it's all down to Vince. I know it's all down to. Vince. I'm not hitting this on the performers at all, but it's just a case like I, I can't call them stars because they don't. They're not in the business of making stars. They're on the business of pushing their own brand forward and making that through deals with TikTok and stuff like that. It's not about actually adding personalities. It is all down to Vince. He needs to go, but we can't can't hope for that at the moment, unfortunately. So, well, this whole dewdrop thing. I mean, they started this off immediately with the well, they're going to break up. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it was like two weeks in, they were already bickering with each other. Like. Mm-hmm. So this was just downhill from the very start. Of course, there's the problems with even Maria as it is just not being a good enough wrestler. She's from a completely different era. She is one of the divas era types. Very attractive woman, everything that goes along with the personality type of thing that they would have gone with with a different era, but she just can't hang in a more wrestling-centric kind of environment. And when you get that and you mix it in with a bad storyline with the Dewdrop thing, and this Alexa Bliss stuff, no matter what, she's not getting away from the We Want Wyatt chance because people are just going to be pissed about that. She's just kind of the knockoff version of that. And then you don't even do anything of like of that caliber in the match. You're slapping around Lily, and no, nothing happens with it. Lily doesn't fly around the ring, or you know, there's no possession thing. It's just okay. I'm gonna be mad. You slap my doll around, and then I'm gonna put the doll back. The most interesting thing about this, honestly, to me, outside of you know, tag team splits and whatever, and this kind of thing. Somebody had a sign in the crowd that said, Eva Maria is worse than an airport tuna sandwich. And I just thought that that was a great insult. Yeah, they were a little fun with the signs uh, tonight. But really, I don't even know where they go with the sun raw. I wouldn't be surprised if Eva is wrapped up quicker again because they'll probably just move on. And decide, oh, we got nothing for you. Maybe. I mean, if they're looking to save money, who knows how much they would have signed her for. Could be the case. Catching up on the chat a little bit, Marquise said, are you the get-off-my-lawn old man, Tony? There has been more than one instance where I've been like, what are they doing in front of my lawn? <laughs> so I can't, can't deny that. We got some questions about some of the stuff about what's going to happen with Roman Reigns later on. We're going to get around to that in a little bit. I know that's one of the big, big stories, so uh, put a pen in that for now, everybody who's wondering if we're going to jump around to that. We, we're going to get to it eventually. Um, Adam says, thank God that there wasn't a lily eye blink of doom. Any other thoughts on this Bliss and Eva Marie thing? You guys ready to no, move on? No, and I'm surprised that we've spent this much time on it. That's true. The United States Championship match took place after that. Sheamus loses the title to Damian Priest. Pretty good match here. Not too much for me to talk about. It's just uh, one of those things. Match was good enough or whatever. Um, I lost a little bit of it. Just uh, I had a power outage at the time. So I wasn't able to see 100% of it. Mostly because my backup power had to kick in. And then by that point, I'm trying to scramble around to make sure that I can save everything that I'm saving and all that. So it's probably about like a three minute window of this where I was only kind of half paying attention. But what I did see, I'm glad that they were having a back and forth. Glad that Priest won. And, um, I don't know, thumbs up on that. How are you guys feeling? I like that the right guy won. I thought this wasn't as good as their first match on Raw. 
but this is still a very solid match. And again, the right guy won. Damian Priest, if for somebody who only watches the pay-per-views, let's say, this guy looks like a star. He was in a match with Bad Bunny. He was in a silly zombie match, but still like a special match at Backlash. And now he's won the U.S. title at SummerSlam. Yeah, it was good. It was a um, a pretty physical exchange between the pair of them. Sheamus looks excellent in the ring, and he didn't disappoint here either. I thought the the finish was pretty good. Like the idea of a uh, Sheamus, uh, like blocking a uh, springboard attack with like that running knee, and getting a good near fall off of that. Then the nice transition into the knee bar. Priest using that opportunity to grab the mask off, just beating down a little bit, and then eventually hit the um, hit the reckoning and get the victory. I thought that it was it was a good way to make Priest win look pretty convincing. Yeah, so it's a it's a good start for the United States title reign. I'm just waiting for the moment that he loses to some random person on Raw because that's what happens when you win the title. <laughs> so when you win the title, that's your opportunity to start losing matches. <laughs> You're not wrong about that. How often does that happen? Way too often. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm i just more hopeful that, especially because one of the things we will talk about later in one of these um these random filler segments, uh, hopefully he seems to be moving away from any sort of interactions with John Morrison and The Miz. That's kind of all I really hope for at this point. After that, we had the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Again, it's another match, just kind of it's a good match. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of these things where we're just like I, I can't remember anything about this. Hold on, like, I'll just, tell you. It just happened. I've seen this match like it feels like a million times, even though I know it's just been a bunch of singles matches on SmackDown the past couple of weeks, as well as the, the first match between the two of them at uh, Money in the Bank. But yeah, it just feels like we've seen I've seen everything that they can do and it doesn't interest me. Hold on. I want to talk about the message that Tony sent me saying their gear reminds me of Starbursts. <laughs> yeah. That was one like, of the first notes that I had was that kind of reminds me of Starburst. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, they reminded me the, the fact that it was pink and yellow. They reminded me of Mr. Blobby. <laughs> I have no idea what Mr. Blobby is. <laughs> I know what Mr. Don't Blobby is because yeah. I, I follow British culture for some reason. But uh, I found it weird that they just chose a random SummerSlam to pay homage to Randy Savage. It's like that was my like, why, why tonight? Why here? Why now? Like, very strange. Like a muted, a muted punk reference because punk used to well occasionally wore like Randy Savage themed attire. Yeah, like I, I guess that's where we could go with it. That would be more relevant. But, but yeah, they. It doesn't look that great on them. Uh, they're teasing some kind of friction because Ray's trying to get Dominic to get his head in the game and Dominic is being overzealous. So maybe that'll go somewhere, but I don't want to see these two teams fight for a while. Well, the, you're they've see, exhausted you're how many matches that they can really have, despite how good the matches have been. It's just, like you said, we've seen every combination of singles matches. We've seen, this might be their third Tag team match. I don't, it's at least their second, but I'm pretty sure that they've had a, another tag team match in the meantime. We've seen it enough. And by now, Dominic and Ray have lost every single one of these encounters. So there's no point in doing it anymore. 
yeah, they've got got to move on from it. And I think it's pretty clear they're going to move towards a Dominic and Rey Mysterio feud because that's what we love to see: fathers and sons attacking each other. And like, I assume Dominic turns heel because I imagine that's what he'll be good at because. I mean, his father turned heel at some point, and that really worked out well for him in his in his <laughs> entire WWE run. He's never turned heel, and there's kind of a reason for that. But the one thing that I would say about this match that I did pick up on in my notes is the fact that basically every single Uso superkick missed tonight. Like it looked bad. Oh, they it had a really look- good one on Ray. They had one. They had one good one, but there was certain like the the double one they hit towards the end of it. Like it was so obvious their feet touched in the middle yeah. of it. Like there was some. I I don't know whether it's the camera angles fault or just them not being as. Because I know obviously they don't kick him in the face or anything like that. But I know they do miss it. But it's, it never should be that obvious. And it just looked very clear to me that a lot of super kicks were just like missing the target or not connecting when they should connect. Or yeah, so they're usually a lot crisper than they are with this than they were tonight. Yeah, there was one super kick that I specifically mentioned being really good. But that was the one that they legitimately kicked him in the face. So it's like, uh, slight miscalculation there. It looks good because, yeah, he kind of clocked him in the chin with that one. But any other thoughts on this? Let's move on. Uh, I'm I'm happy to move on. Because the, the next one is something that we can't actually talk about. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, we had two other little interstitials. One of them being Tiffany Haddish called Damian Priest the first time national champion. <laughs> Wow. So like, uh, she clearly watches the product. She's really invested in what's happening with Damien Priest right now. Or looked at the belt. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I did I, I did find that weird, but I also don't mind the phrasing of the national champion. It's just, that's clearly not what's on the belt. You know? <laughs> well, you got that, and then apparently Mario Lopez earlier said WWF. I didn't well, catch no, that, but other people were that, saying that. He had said that he's been a WWE fan back since back in the days of the WWF. Okay. That that was a different thing. Then I heard somebody said something. Oh, he said WWF instead or whatever, but um I don't, what, what do you think she meant by that? It says like the first national champion or something like that. The first time national champion. I'm assuming okay. she meant to say he's won his first United States championship. Mm. Yeah, that's but... what it was. <laughs> I, I thought they might be making some sort of reference to the fact that, like, oh, he's the first United States champion from like Puerto Rico or something, which would be false because Carlito's from Puerto Rico and he won the United States Championship for either way. Either way, she clearly didn't know what the belt was called. Yeah. <laughs> and they go from that to an impromptu musical performance by Rick Boogs, who's like, hey, we're uh, taking this little musical interlude because, uh, you know, why the fuck not? Nakamura is like three quarters of the way down the ramp already, and they just kind of do that. And then cut to another commercial. Mm. This is, I guess, part of the time that they were planning on having for uh, these, what, like three different musical performances that didn't pan out? Well, they had... I never saw that DJ guy. Nope, I didn't see him either. And Megan Thee Stallion? They wanted her. They didn't get her. Right, so like that didn't pan out. But I mean, how do you block out time for something that you know isn't going to happen? Huh the next match I assume that's the reason why the Rick Boogs thing just happened spontaneously because I assume they'd originally blocked out about 20 minutes for Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair 
And so that's not happening. So we're going to do this whole what we're going to talk about instead. But let's kill a bit of time beforehand. Let's just have Rick Booze plays guitar and she's going to come or come out and just stand there and not do anything. And couldn't they just have Rick? Why does Rick Booze have to always be associated with Nakamura? Or can he just like come out and play the guitar on his own? <laughs> It'd be it's great like, if he just starts like, playing some other hits. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like Nakamura, like his handler or something like that. Is <laughs> they just uh, start taking requests? He's kind of like, you know, hey, I'm Rick Boogs, and what do you guys want me to play tonight? <laughs> Somebody's like, play Wonderwall. <laughs> well, I was surprised. I was like, oh, maybe this is just going to fill the void of the Sasha Banks match because we still, you know, they're advertising that that's the case. And instead they go, well, next up is the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Bianca Belair is going to defend against Sasha Banks. So Bianca Belair comes out. And it's like, all right, why is she coming out first? So that way they can say, Sasha Banks is not able to compete tonight. Instead, she's going to be replaced by Carmella. The crowd just goes, you got to be fucking kidding me. Mm. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm sure that you guys were thinking as well, too. All right, they have to know that this is not a good enough idea. And it's either one of two things. They're setting you up for like a Becky Lynch or they are that out of the mental headspace that they should be that they are legitimately just like, well, Carmella, that'll be fine again. And if that, you know, if it's the latter case, then, oh, my God, time to riot. If it's the former Let's be patient for a minute. Well, thankfully, the man pops up. And I'm personally thinking at that time, okay, okay, cool, we get a triple threat match. That way, Carmella can take the pin, Belair retains, Lynch doesn't look like she's bad because she loses, but you don't have to beat Belair in the process. Okay, you know, that's a good way to kind of go about that. You get the surprise with Becky Lynch, Carmella still, you know, takes the pin, whatever that is, and all right, this is a serviceable thing, despite the fact that they really should have just announced this ahead of time. And, you know, I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there that are Sasha Banks fans that are just like, this is false advertising. And I don't give a shit if the card's subject to change if you knew about this for like two weeks. And then some other things happen. Turns out we're getting a singles match because Becky just very shittily. That's a word, right? Shittily <laughs> takes out Carmella. And in a blink of an eye, new fucking champion, Bianca Belair loses. This was a roller coaster because this goes, okay, cool, the match is happening. Okay, what the hell? The match isn't happening. Oh, crap, it's Carmella. Okay, cool, it's Becky Lynch. All right, what the hell? It's just going to be a singles match? Okay, fine, it's a singles match. Okay, what the hell? Bianca Belair. There, there are not enough words in my vocabulary to express how frustrated I was when they were announcing all night long. Because for background, we were talking about this all day in our like our group chat, and just in general, I had asked early in the day, "Hey, what's up with Sasha?" And I was told. It's still up in the air. Okay? And they are advertising this match. Now, granted, you can say, well, this is what they do during the pre-show. But they have the balls to show the video package 
before the match and then had the champion hit the ring and then say, Sasha Banks can't compete. That's wrong. That's inherently wrong. I don't care what happens next. That half of it is wrong and should not be done. They need to just say, hey, Sasha can't compete. If people are going to speculate it's COVID, people are going to speculate it's COVID. Whatever. You know, say what it is or say what what it isn't or whatever you have to do. But don't advertise the fucking match. That's wrong. Then you get Carmelo, which at the very least, they knew Carmelo's not a good enough answer. And we're swerving the people. We're going to give him Becky Lynch. That's cool. And then you beat Bianca in five seconds. And as Cal, actually, I'm going to toss it over to Callum because he described it so perfectly. So I give the floor to Callum Miggins. You know, I can't even remember what I said in the, uh, well, <laughs> actually, well, I said that, it somewhere in the chat or something. Well, what, what you had said essentially was, and this is the ultimate stamp of Becky Lynch is back and nobody else matters except Charlotte. Yeah, well, and and we'll and that was uh, re-emphasized even further when we get to that uh, mm-hmm. match. We'll talk about that. But yeah, a lot of people had speculated about the fact that when Becky Lynch comes back, people would be happy again because okay, Becky's back. That means people will give a shit about the women's division again. Because if Becky's not around and Charlotte's not around, they don't really give a fuck what they do or what stories are involved. And at the end of the day, most of the women aren't going to be involved in storylines with Becky. It's, I assume for at least the time being, it's going to revolve around Bianca and Sasha for for a while on Smack, the SmackDown side of things. On Raw, who knows? Because well, we'll talk about that when we get to that. But I, looking at this entire thing, I was under depression because I have so little faith in the company right now that I just assumed, okay, they're just going to do Carmella. It's just going to be five minutes with her and. Uh, with Bianca and Carmella, they'll end it and then move on and the crowd will just start booing and Vince will probably sit in his chair laughing and says, oh, look at these guys, we worked them so bad and they're still going to pay us to come to our shows. And it's just, that's what I was expecting. So when Becky came out, I was actually a little bit taken aback. Like, oh, okay, they're actually, so at least they aren't so short-sighted that they're going to at least give us something a little bit more interesting. And then she takes out Carmella, comes back in the ring, challenges her to the match, and then immediately just elbows her in the face, hits that stupid rock bottom move, which doesn't look like it hurts at all, and uh, and pins her with Bianca's eyes wide open. And I, <laughs> yeah, I just don't feel like all of that stuff that you do to build up Bianca Belair of that WrestleMania moment and talk about how she is the strongest, the fastest. She's also clearly the dumbest. And the Pop. and yeah, she's she is the dumb dumbest yeah. and the <laughs> stupidest. And the, yeah, the stupidest, the weakest. The, because she, <laughs> I mean, she's been goaded into the easiest to pin. What three at the very least, if not four matches that she really shouldn't necessarily have even taken. It's. You just keep laughing at me, and I'm going to keep giving you title matches. And, okay, well, you know, I'm in this match. Then, okay, go ahead. And, oh, my God, I got pinned. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's just, it's so bizarre because you have Becky Lynch return, and you have a beat, you have a beat um, Bianca so comprehensively. Because this, this isn't the case of, like, 
like AJ losing in a minute to Paige all those years ago because AJ was first of all a heel, second of all she'd run roughshod over the company, and you would bring up a young star that not, people on the main roster hadn't seen before. But we all know what we're getting with Becky Lynch. It's not like you needed to immediately re-establish her. You could have had her win the title. Just give it like 10, 15 minutes in a match. Have actually have a match. So either case, and I think um, uh, Dane put it in a um, super chat here about saying that uh, didn't panic. No one's Becky's come to SummerSlam. She's not in ring shape, so they squash Bianca Belair. Obviously, I don't. we don't know if that's the case or anything like that, but it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that she isn't quite ready to be in the ring yet. And so that's why she just hit one move and pinned and pinned Bianca. That, so trying to rationalize this and thinking of from their perspective of let's try to give the fans something good. Sasha wasn't ready to go. And they thought if we don't tell them, we can give them Becky as a nice swerve because you always want a, the replacement to try to be better than the original. But wait, Becky isn't fully ready yet, as evident by the way she handled Carmella. She just seemed, you know, off a step. She looked and great, like looked credit where it's due. So we don't know for sure if she has some ring rust or something that they were working through. But they should have figured that out days ago, if not. I mean, how long has this thing with Sasha Banks been? At least a week. Closer to two weeks, I think, right? Didn't she miss the... No, just a week. It was last, it was last Saturday. But she missed uh, the last two episodes, like the, yesterday's no. episode and the previous no, she, one, no, right? No, 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 she, no, she just missed last week. last week. Yeah, she was... In the, the contract signing was the one. Oh, great, that was last week, okay. Yeah. All right, because I was going to say, if this was a two-week-long thing, there's even less of an excuse, but... Okay, so, you know, figure a couple days of whatever it is. You got to assume it's probably COVID because of the way that everything is, where they just don't want to say anything. And turns out that nine times out of 10, that's what it is. So they've known for a couple of days, at least. So my assumption assumption is she wasn't fully ready. So they don't want to have her go through a full match. They wanted her to win, but they didn't want Bianca to tap because that would make her the weakest and they just decided ah she can get the the manhandle slam i hate that name i don't like the move quite frankly and get the win and it's a big happy moment because becky's champion except for the fact that people love themselves bianca belair yeah you don't need to crap on somebody to get that like yeah they don't understand this idea of because here's the thing that pisses me off even the most. I'm going to pull a Rob and say, here's the thing. Uh, it, it's one thing to be like, okay, the Sasha Banks thing doesn't work out. And you need to find some kind of a replacement. You knew for a couple days that was the case. You should have just announced a replacement prior to it. Because you're going to upset people. No matter what you get as a res- uh, response from this, there are some people, like Ben, for instance, I'm sure, they're just upset that Sasha Banks wasn't there. Fundamentally, they wanted to see Sasha Banks. And you lied. The card's always subject to change, but you waited until the moment to go, yeah, but never mind. That's really bad, just on its own. The Carmella thing, of course, that's just a swerve just to get you to be like, oh my God, you're doing that, and damn it, for the Becky Lynch thing. 
but somebody mentions it in the chat here. I'm uh, trying to see who it was. Um, Michael Patrick says, well, then just have her say, I'm coming for that belt. The return itself would have sufficed. There is an argument for that, too. I'm sure some people would have then made the argument, well, why didn't she just wrestle right then? And that kind of deal, too. There's, there's almost no way to get around some of these things. But there are plenty of other people on this roster that could have been an interesting person, including... They could have just gone with like, hey, Tony Storm gets the shot and some people wouldn't have been as upset about it or, you know, a handful of other kind of options. Or maybe since they knew that this was a thing prior to Friday night, it wouldn't have been the best case scenario, but maybe they could have had a triple threat with Carmella and Zelina and just not done that on Friday night SmackDown. They didn't do the triple threat, you know what I mean? So there are other ways to do this, but the thing that annoys me more than anything else is you go through multiple steps of, yeah, but, and then, well, if, and all these other kind of things. The fact that they did the Becky Lynch thing, there's going to be gaslighting, and there's going to be excuses, and there's going to be apologists that are going to say, oh, you're upset about the Becky Lynch uh, thing where she beats Bianca Belair? Pfft, you guys don't like anything. It's like, no, you shouldn't have to sacrifice a positive to get another positive. It's not a trade-off. It should just be good stuff. Somewhere along the way, WWE's gotten this mentality of, if we give you a couple good things, you should just be happy. Whereas, fundamentally, every single thing that WWE should do should be good. I don't get a meal from McDonald's and go... Well, I mean, half the fries were bad. They weren't really cooked all that well, but some of them were really good. And the burger was kind of, eh, but the chicken nuggets were fine. No, I want everything to taste good. I want every match to be good. I want every promo to be good. And I don't expect it to be all knocking it out of the park kind of deals, and that's okay. You know, you're going to have some flubs once in a while. But you can't go into it going, you're going to take a loss on this one no matter what. and Be happy with it. That is not the way to run a company. It's like saying, I gave you water to quench your thirst, never mind the fact that you're hungry. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> it's, it, it's very strange, and it's something that WWE has unfortunately gotten into the habit of doing. What I don't like is you have now ruined everybody because people are already mad about Becky because it looks like, and rightfully so, what the hell? She just comes back. And they just give her Bianca's belt. She's going to get the the people turning on her because uh, she's the company girl now. Yeah, it's the way that they did with Roman Reigns, where he was, oh my god, Roman should beat Batista and win the Royal Rumble. Uh, You want Roman to win the Royal Rumble now? Like (laughs) they did it with Dolph Ziggler, did it with whatever. So yeah, like you said, Becky's got this tarnish on her. Continue. Yeah, Bianca looks weak. Now has to try and maybe turn heel i don't know she did say she was done being nice so maybe the seeds were planted there you know but like seriously i think you put everybody in a bad position you took people who were genuinely happy to see becky and immediately turned them because they went oh fuck all they care about is becky you literally could have done the man is back she lays her out with the manhandle slam poses and we're off to the races. I'll see you on Friday. We can build this for the garden. What? Why did you need to... The match didn't take any time. 
It's seven seconds. You didn't need to switch the belt here. And you could have also had a competitive match if Becky's able to go. And if you cut out the Shinsuke Nakamura thing, and you cut out the uh, the little thing that we got a little bit later on, and you cut out, I don't know, maybe the fucking Alexa Bliss match, <laughs> you know? then I don't think people would have been as upset if it would have been a competitive match between Becky and Belair, and if Bianca just would have lost like that. Then you know, some people would have been upset. Oh, you know, why does she have to lose anyway? That kind of deal. But at least she would have put up a fight, because now... What good does this do, Becky, other than to give her the championship? And what good does this do to Bianca, other than to make her look like a fool, which is a negative? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is just an incredible ability that WWE have to take a moment, which should be a moment of just pure jubilation celebration, and then leave you scratching your head and thinking about just asking why more than anything else it just yeah you should just lead this moment in the same way that we talked about it the night before it's just to be a, a moment where becky Lynch comes out we're all super excited about it and we're looking forward to what the future holds for becky lynch well now she's got bianca's belt it's i don't want to say it's completely delegitimized it but it's like it's definitely tarnished the reputation of bianca's reign and just bianca as a presence in general it's as Rob pointed out, it's made Becky a potential prior towards people who are really into Bianca's reign and really into her as a character. It points her out as maybe as like a comp the company girl. And so that's not a position that you want to be in, especially when you've built your entire career on being the underdog. That's essentially she's has it in a I don't want to say it's a guaranteed situation, but she could be on a trajectory towards a John Cena type situation where he comes up very organically and the crowd gets super behind him. And then they realize, Oh, the company actually really wants him to be the champion or really wants her to be the champion. So yeah, we don't want that. We want other people to get an opportunity as well. It can't just be about these people want something different. And so that could turn a heel. And maybe that's the whole long-term goal is to turn her heel in this um, scenario. I mean, to be fair, they turned Daniel Bryan heel like six months after coming back from injury. So I guess they can do that with anybody. I'll get, but, I just want to wrap it up on this, at least from for my part. Kudos to her. Again, Headlines Mania holds one title for well over a year. Gives it up to go have a baby and experience that joy. Misses the entire crappy pandemic era. Comes back <laughs> to win a belt. Good for, I mean, like, honestly, that's a hell of a run, and she should be commended for it, but I just hope that she doesn't end up in pariah territory. And to be fair, too, any of the criticism that goes along with this, this is not us, or at least me, I'm sure that you guys agree, though. Not us saying, like, oh, Becky Lynch is terrible, and she should ever win a championship, and oh my god, I'm sick and tired of her, and all the other kind of things that go along with that. It's just, you had to do this now... And in this way, to kind of just, you know, you're, what's the phrase? Uh, you cut off uh, your nose to spite your face. That kind of deal. Yep. Why in the hell can you book a scenario where you know full well Bianca Belair is going to come out of this looking like 
well, you were fine enough as the backup option, and you could beat Sasha because she's not Flair or Becky. There's a clear pecking order of everything. And WWE likes to tell but not show for a lot of things. How often do we hear, it's first time ever, you should be excited, or, you know... Well, this is a, one of the most epic rivalries, and it's like, yeah, well, since when? Because I haven't seen anything of that. Where this storied rivalry, oh, they fought 19 times. It's just a copy and paste. They don't have a storied rivalry. You just can't get over the repeats kind of thing. They're going to try to tell everybody, oh, Bianca Belair, she put up a good fight, or like all these other kind of things. You're going to be like, no, you clearly <laughs> just made her look like, who fucking cares? Becky Lynch is back. Well, you know what even sadder about it is? is that Bianca walks up the ramp and she just nods in appreciation of Becky. Says, <laughs> okay, you got me. She's smiling at the top of the ramp, looking mm-hmm. towards Becky, holding her title that she just lost in about five seconds. Because it's like, oh, thank you for saving us by coming here and yeah, <laughs> dethroning me as champion. Yeah, no, good on good on you, Becky, for fucking like ruining my entire reputation in one fell swoop. <laughs> Great, great, great job on you. It's like, like it's the same thing with like the whole Sasha thing as well. But at least Sasha got to have like an epic match when she lost the title. It's fine that she gets appreciation for that, and she shows like appreciation towards her. This woman just came out of nowhere, challenged her for the title. Bianca accepted. She got cheap shotted in the face, taken out with one move and beaten. Like, and then she just walks away and says, "Yeah, good on you." It's like, no, get pissed, get angry. It's like mm-hmm. a completely unhuman reaction. It doesn't make me feel like, oh, how what a respectful, grateful champion. It just says, wow, what a fucking idiot. I don't want her to challenge again. She clearly, oh, she clearly is seemingly happy that she lost her belt. She clearly doesn't want it anymore. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> we want someone who actually would get annoyed about losing the championship in that way. It's like, as if they told her, and they might have, push the narrative because everybody's supposed to be happy that Becky's back, including even you. And that's just not how logic works. Catching up on the chat a little bit here. Boudin, I'm not expecting McDonald's to ever be good. No, Wendy's is better. <laughs> hey, Wendy's, if you want to sponsor us, you know. Um, but we've got uh, some other things here. You know, people sick of Becky, uh, some plot armor, um, those kind of deals. Um, yeah, Brandon mentions Roy Rumble winner and WrestleMania main event winner jobs to Becky in 15 seconds. Makes no sense. Yeah, you know, you're good enough if we don't have the people we really want to push. And we've seen that time and time again with a lot of different people, just like, you know, Braun Strowman, Hey, you can come in and you can be Goldberg. You can be the champion. But once we get around to when we can have like Roman or somebody, then can you probably fuck off? That <laughs> kind of deal. Now we got the Mary Sue's. Yeah. That kind of deal. Um, it's just way to take, a negative and then a positive and a negative and a positive, whatever, and end the whole thing with, all right, now people are going to be mad at Becky. Bianca looks worse. And hey, I guess we know what we're getting for Survivor Series. We'll talk about that later. Because that's what matters, right? I am shocked. You are shooketh. (laughs) Let's go to the match that I paid zero attention to because I'm too busy updating all the shit that goes with Becky Lynch. Drew McIntyre beats Jinder Mahal. Do you you want to know what my legitimate notes are for this on my, like the document that I'm writing this up on? It is my notes for this are a match McIntyre wins. Yeah. (laughs) 
that is literally the entire thing I wrote down for this entire stuff. Because I, I don't know how to describe how just meh this entire thing was. It didn't. They didn't do anything interesting in this match at all. They didn't give you any sense of urgency or thought that Macken that Mahal was going to come up with some ingenious schemes to get out of it, or was going to do something a little bit more unique. It was just he McIntyre beats the shit out of him for a while, then Mahal gets like a few cheap shots in, gets on rest hold, McIntyre fights back, beats the shit out of him more, and then pins him. Okay, I'll I'll take over from here. Um, I think they'll run this match back on Raw. And they will have a match that could have headlined a B show because they'll give them like 20 to 25 minutes. They gave them like no time here. I was writing up the crown jewel announcement because by the way, that's happening in October. They chose to announce that after Becky and I blinked. I made a joke to my friend. I said, Oh, remember when Drew used to beat people with the DVT? And then all of a sudden he pins him (laughs) after the Claymore. It's like, what what happened here? Drew looks like a chump. I mean, Jinder looks like a chump. Drew runs through him, but he couldn't be any more cooled off. Veer and Shanky come back and nearly get decapitated with the sword. This could have happened on Raw. This could have happened on main event. Why was this so short? Absolute filler. There's yeah. like pretty much no reason for this because nothing happens. It's a match. McIntyre wins. It's not even like Mahal wins, where it's like, okay, well, where are they going to go in the future? And maybe he did something that they can continue the story. No, McIntyre just won. He didn't win in any kind of decisive enough faction, uh, fashion where it's like, okay, he took him out for good and he got his revenge. No, he just won a match. So this bitter feud of, I'm going to rip your motorcycle apart and I'm going to try to stab you with my sword and whatever... He just wins a match. He gets a slightly better paycheck. Big fucking whoop. And then at the end of the match, Veer and Shaggy come out. and They're like, hey, now that the match is over, we're going to kind of help Mahal. And he threatens to hit them with the sword and they nothing happens. Now that I'm expecting him to fucking, you know, run through these guys. But he didn't even get any kind of a thing after that. It wasn't even like he did something to spark the next thing and it's going to become like okay now that you did that at SummerSlam we're going to have a such and such match I mean at least that would have been interesting like like chopping one of their arms off with a sword yeah that would have been <laughs> I, mean, something. I don't like, wish no any ill will on the guys but no. it would be more interesting we'd have more to yeah. talk about <laughs> just because like like we're supposed to are we supposed to in some way believe that there is a significant threat or there is a, a potential that McIntyre is going to kill one of these people with a sword. Like, are we actually supposed to believe? Is that, that supposed to be the story? Because why else would Mahal be scared or would not want the sword at ringside mm. unless he feels like he is going to be killed with it? Like McIntyre is legitimately going to impale him and his friends on the sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would like for them to just do some kind of like he man, I have the power, or something. They had something with this sword. Like it's, it's here, and it's as goofy as. I know somebody out there is gonna say, "Well, Triple H hit people with a sledgehammer," but it's like, there's a fucking sword. Is he supposed to stab people? Like, what are we doing? What are we actually doing? 
And it's funny because it's like with the sledgehammer, Triple H always puts his hand on it, so it's just like, oh, I'm hitting you with like my hand, that kind my of deal. Fist. Imagine Jim McIntyre's like holding the tip of the sword, and he's just kind of like, ah, oh, I'm stabbing you. That's like, it really doesn't work. And Bodine's got a good point. Touches the referee, ten thousand dollar fine. Waves the sword at somebody, that's okay. <laughs> they took out Mysterio's eye. They could cut off Shanky's arm. Come on. Agree, yeah. Michael. <laughs> yeah, I, I just a, another big pop for me was Mahal sends Veer and Shanky to the back as per the rules of the match, and Byron Saxon goes, "Oh wow, Drew is Ginger uh, is being brave here and sending his guys to the back, saying I got this." And Corey has to go, "No, they lost the match on Monday, and that's why." They can't be at ringside. Like I, I can't. Bl- I can't blame him for not paying attention to this shit. I wouldn't. I mean, fair. I have to cover it, and I don't. So you know, like it is what it is. It's just, it's maddening. Because mm. yeah. this pay per view ended at twelve thirty. Well, this is like the last of the, like, Mac- wait. I, I would say like the the, the big like filler type matches because at this point. No match had gone. Like the longest match on the card at this point had been Priest versus Sheamus, which arguably went too long. And so all the rest of them have been like, oh, seven minutes, four minutes, 30 seconds. This one was like just over four, like four or five minutes. Just Okay, they're just like, at this point, I was fully in the mindset of, okay, we're wrapping this up pretty uh, quickly. And then the next two matches happen. And then you just, oh, okay, oh, they're actually stretching this out. Oh, oh God, I'm going to be really tired by the end of this. Especially when the fucking Super Soakers came out. <laughs> was that the next thing? No, uh, no it, probably wasn't. it probably wasn't, but that's like just, this is in my mind, just thinking like, you could have ended this show like 10 minutes earlier. And you did like the, yeah, well, we'll get to it. <laughs> so then we went to the Raw Women's Championship match. Nikki A.S.H. gets the first entrance because, no, we of didn't. course... Huh? Did we not do the edge match? No, no. The women's title match first. Yeah. Okay, whatever. So, Flair's got to get the final entrance because she's the most important, of course. You know, not yeah, the champion, yeah. but that's how it works. So the champion comes out first in this one. And to be fair, I know the champion came out in the, um, the WWE title match as well, but that's like Goldberg, and Goldberg has the special entrance, so he has to come out last, and they did it for the Bianca thing as well, but that's because Sasha wasn't there, and so they had to build right. up that story. But it's just like, just Nikki comes out first, because she doesn't matter. And you can tell by the reaction of the crowd, no one gives a fuck about Nikki. Right. And that was that was deafening how silent the rea- the, like mixed the reaction was for her. I mean, there's no reaction from the crowd at multiple parts of this. There's a part of it where Rhea Ripley does the Riptide, or she's going for the Riptide, Nikki counters to a DDT. I haven't heard such a dead response to something like that in God knows how long, because you might as well have hit mute. There was no reaction, not even like a, uh, okay, she whatever. It's like, she just potentially saved herself from losing the championship from a finishing move with a counter and DDTs are cool. And it was just like, she might as well have hit like an elbow. No reaction. The match itself, not bad or anything. And these are talented women that are in this match. 
But what happens at the end of the day? Nikki taps out. Complete waste of money in the bank. Rhea Ripley, of course, for a year and a half, it's just you're not as good as Flair. Flair wins the title from Rhea Ripley so that Nikki can get this cash in that means absolutely nothing because Nikki loses all these matches and everything leading up to SummerSlam and taps out. So what did they accomplish? They got rid of the money in the bank. They gave Nikki Cross a a pity title reign. They took the belt off of Rhea Ripley and established again that Flair is the best of everybody. And they added one extra title reign to Flair. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the person I feel worse for is Rhea, who I had been thinking, oh, well, she'll go over to SmackDown and have a few with Bianca that they'll rush and, you know, ruin, but at least she'll go over to SmackDown where she won't be eclipsed by Charlotte, and now she'll be eclipsed by Becky. So, you know, poor Rhea. Yeah, it's just... that I, I Again, you just watch for it. I assume there was still... I think part of the reason why the crowd was so dead or so, like hard to get into this match because they were still reeling from first of all the the whole bianca becky confusion and stuff like that and then they had to sit through mcintyre versus the hall which no one cared about and so they get onto this and at this point they're already pretty underwhelmed the show's been going pretty long at this point as well so then get into this one like these entrances this is the point where i just go i type in all caps in my notes how long are these fucking entrances it took 10 minutes for all three of them to get into the ring. It was just, but I don't care. I don't want to see them come to the ring. I want to see, I want to see wrestling on a wrestling show. That's what I want. That's what I've come to, to, to see. I want to be, or even though is that like the whole, again, the sway of sports entertainment on top of everything as well. But like Nikki looked terrible on offense for a lot of this match. She was throwing some really weak strikes and forearms and stuff like that. Ripley was the crowd favourite, which I still find bizarre considering the way that she's been booked and positioned. And I just hate when she smirks. It's just like it's just like it's, it looks so unnatural. It looks like like how the Riddler or Joker so, smile like the Joker would smile. Just do that constantly. Um, they do like this. Nikki does this crazy crossbody down to the floor, and the crowd is definitely silent for it. And then Flair needed to capitate Nikki with that spinning moonsault to the floor. Just like Nid uh, crashes her head against the barricade. Almost decapitates. <laughs> <laughs> she was almost a decapitated. <laughs> um, but that was the the weirdest thing as well. Was just again the way these matches are booked because at the, like the midpoint of this, well, mid towards end point of this match, both the baby faces start beating up the heel Charlotte. And Charlotte starts overpowering them and beats the hell out of both of them. And she starts like nipping up and she starts cheering because she is a she's a heel that constantly looks to get herself over as a babyface. She just wrestles she wrestles like a babyface for a heel because it's just I don't know I don't I, I know there are certain other wrestlers that have done this in the past, but it's just a case of she does all these nip up and cool spots and the spinning moon to the outside. It's just like wrestle like a heel, wrestle like I'm supposed to hate you, Rob, and do all these cool shit. Because that's like, it just makes the people that you're wrestling look bad. And then, like, Nikki breaks up the first figure eight on Rhea with a dive. 
and then she misses the crossbody by a mile and then she taps out to the figure eight she almost reached the ropes like she almost i like when i wear this costume i almost think i can reach the ropes, but i clearly can't and i have to tap out <laughs> yeah when i wear this costume i'm almost over but not you know it's like yeah clearly her kryptonite is like good wrestlers that's like <laughs> like my kryptonite is wrestlers who are better than me that is like <laughs> and yeah like it was a pretty good match on the whole but at the end of it it's just like okay charlotte is now what is it now it's 12 time women's champion now i think 12 based, yeah yeah based on the fact they discounted nxt at this point and yeah so she's now 12 time women's champion she's close and like one step close to break the record like she's wrestled Rhea enough times that she can't really go back to that one. Nikki's dead in the water. Like they can't retread that one. So again, the eternal question: Who's next? Probably Alexa Bliss. Gonna see creepy bullshit, and I'm just hoping that Charlotte puts Lily in the figure eight because that might be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you can't even say, "Well, the draft could be right around the corner." Because what would the best possible scenario be for the draft? Bianca versus Flair. And guess what you just did to Bianca? <laughs> you just made her look like shit. And she's not going to be what? Charlotte, so then it ends up being you're just going to feed Bianca to Charlotte. And you know what they'll do is they'll go, yeah, but Bianca had a great year, so shut the fuck up. Exactly. It's that type of excuse type thing again. It and, goes and back down to the, uh, but you got Becky as champion right now and, you know, shut up. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's literally Bianca had a great year. Shut up. She'll go over to Raw. She'll face Charlotte Flair. It'll be a first again. Never mind, because they fought on NXT. Yeah. Mind, well, no, it'll be the first time ever on Monday Night Raw. On Raw. Right. So. Well, well, can we talk about this as well? And this is something that might just get lost in the shuffle again, but I might as well bring it up because. If he's worthwhile, the money in the bank briefcase has been fucking wasted again. Mm-hmm. She won it. She held it for a month. She lost pretty much the entire time that she held that title, and then she's just lost the title in the first uh, first um defense. There was been... no point. It was all for a moment, and that's again the big issue with this thing. This company doesn't tell stories. I don't care what they say about oh we tell stories, pal. It's just no, you don't. You just you live for fleeting moments of time that don't lead to anything else but then there you say long-term storytelling and you have to be patient and then if it doesn't pan out then you say things change just forgive and forget the, the, <laughs> the thing is that there was a time where they told stories there was that time is clearly come and gone all they care about is moments that's it all they care about is they can say well, at SummerSlam, did you see the moment where Becky Lynch came back and defeated Bianca Belair? Wasn't that a moment? And it's like, yeah, but now I'm sad and you got nothing for me. And it's just, you're right. Money in the Bank is wasted again. I've been saying they need to rehab the briefcase for I don't know how many years now. They need to rehab these briefcases and they're not doing it. Biggie's got the briefcase, but he's not doing anything with it. He's not out in the forefront saying, hey, I could cash in at any time. No, he's just there. Now, the most interesting thing that's happened is another person stole it for a week. A week. Hmm. Man, the way that things are, it's just it's baffling. It's always baffling with some of these things. 
And you got people like, I mean, Charlotte's great. Becky's great. But how do you keep messing these things up? And Well, it's like Callum said. I'm sick of, well, the matches are great and the people are great and the performers are great. Yeah, but you're not connecting. Mm-hmm. You're just, it's like having a bot write a wrestling show and you just go, these are the tropes I found. Do this. <laughs> just fill in the blanks of, I do not like the town that I'm in. <laughs> like, you know, boo. <laughs> yeah. <kind> of <laughs> oh, you are. I see you are wrestling in your hometown. I, are you going to be defeated tonight? Yes, that is going to be. It's yeah. It's just. It's hard to really describe because like it's not like nobody could have seen this coming. Of course, we could have seen it coming. Charlotte's in the match, so of course she could have yep. easily won it. But it's just it's just the way that it's all gone down, and the fact that like you could just tell when everyone's watching that match that. The whole Nick experiment failed, and so maybe it was the right decision to take the belt off of her. But where do you go from here? Is is it was always the eternal question: is where you go from here? And they don't know; they probably don't care. Just like as long as Charlotte has the belt, at least they'll think that okay. Well, at least we've got one star in the match, regardless of whatever feud we go have going forward. I assume probably Nikki will get her mandatory rematch, which doesn't exist anymore, but we still do anyway. Maybe she can get almost a rematch. Yeah. (laughs) She she can have a contenders match and almost get a victory. (laughs) And then she loses that. And then I guess maybe they go down the route that I was expecting where she just loses and then she turns heel because she realizes that the superhero costume doesn't actually do anything for her. In fact, she was winning more matches when she didn't have the superhero costume on. See, I don't even think they're going to do that. I think that they're flat out going to have her just be like this forever. Just I believe in myself no matter what. I'm a beacon of positivity no matter how much I get shit on. Mm. And that they're just sort of like, you got your title reign, shut up, kind of deal. Like, I agree with Tony. I think she'll be this forever. I think she'll enjoy going to meet and greets mm-hmm. and seeing kids and all that. But I highly doubt she gets another title run. No, no, no she definitely won't get another title run. And to be I don't want to be like so brutally honest about this type of stuff as well because I hate speculating on this type of thing. But with the way that it's been recently, you wouldn't be surprised that even in like a, her... a month or two that, she, yeah. that she's released or something and like that. It's again, just... not not saying that that's. Gonna I don't want that to happen. Not... No, I, I know I don't want right. that to happen. Like, but it wouldn't be I'm shocking like... either based off of how no, they've done well, this. Right, yeah, but exactly. we're just they, they've created that. They've created this environment where anyone could go outside, like the really top echelon people could go at any point in time, and realistically this gimmick doesn't have legs to it it's it's a short-term thing like she's not going to be the hurricane super stacy had legs <laughs> <laughs> but even still like this gimmick could have potentially worked but the thrill of a gimmick like this is in the chase and the chase was two weeks which she yeah she should have had the briefcase she should mm-hmm. still have the briefcase right now, and it should be a case like she's building herself up right, with other feuds to believe in herself that she can beat the champion. And then when she does beat the champion, it's a big moment because we've been with her on that journey with the briefcase. We've seen her grow. We've seen her develop. We've seen her get some big wins over some top stars, like have her beat Asuka in a feud and... She takes on even Rian Dewdrop and overcomes their like challenges and stuff like that. Maybe you turn Alexa Bliss fully heel and she overcomes 
her mind tricks and stuff like that, have her beat Rhea Ripley. And then and then she beat Charlotte for the title. And then it feels like an even bigger moment because we've all been on the journey with her. The fact is she won it the night afterwards in a fluky way after Charlotte had been beaten up, which isn't a superhero way of doing anything. Mm, certainly not something that should be like, you know, prove this to, to little girls everywhere. Take advantage yeah. of the, the way that you can steal and cheat somebody out of the title because you're not going to win anything as it is anyway. Because yeah. over the course of the next couple of weeks, she proved that she's not good enough to have won the championship. Yeah. And she and she won the briefcase because everyone else was too busy fighting each other and she just climbed up and took yeah. it. It's just like everything that she's done since becoming a superhero is not becoming of a superhero, which doesn't surprise me from a company which made their top baby face Hulk Hogan and he cheated in all of his matches. <laughs> uh, it's like, like that Vince Simpsons ha- quote, a- uh, you know, it just goes to show you never try. <laughs> it's just, yeah, Vince has a very, very clear idea about what a baby face is and the baby face is someone who i don't say is ruthless but just like does what needs to be done because he thinks that he's a baby face and he would do the same thing in those situations but it is true actually because in the same vein they also present themselves when necessary as very sympathetic Mm. You know, I mentioned it before, the whole, oh, the tech companies came in and started using streaming. So we had to think on our feet because we can't match tech companies. We're just a small storytelling company. It's like, OK, OK. Yeah, th- yeah, at this point, at this point, I wasn't feeling pretty too good. <laughs> <laughs> I almost wished that it was over. So yeah, we don't know how that's going to play out, but it's not going to be something that we think is going to be, you know, uh, firing off on all cylinders and everything. No. Um, after that, we had Edge versus Seth Rollins. Brood entrance, uh, pretty cool. Fuck, this match was so fucking good. And I'm so thankful that the match that I really needed to deliver for my fandom delivered. These two had a great match. And whether it was uh, Edge really trying hard, hitting all of his signature moves, shout out to Michael Cole, who knew the names of the moves for Edge, called it the Education, the Educator. I'm not sure if he called the Edgematic or not, but he knew most of the moves for Edge. Uh, Rollins brought it. I don't like this version of Rollins, but he really brought it. What's the bell rang? And I I was just like a kid watching this. This was fun. <laughs> Adam says the anti Cena towel never try. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Be great if Cena just does that in the next episode. It's don't even try. Yeah. Mm. Give up. <laughs> Instead of never give up, just crosses out the never. <laughs> Also, I forgot. I wanted to loop back on this too. Brandon mentions, uh, seriously, poor Liv Morgan. She was so over in the favor for Money in the Bank, and now she hasn't been on TV since. Has she actually not been on TV since then? Nope. No. Wow. She, Oscar, and Naomi have not been on TV. Jeez. Come on, WWE. I'm curious too, Adam brings up uh, WWE Mad Libs. We might have to do that. There might be some kind of thing there for that. Some kind of... Uh, gimmick in the future. I want to write that note down. WWE Mad Libs. 
maybe a future main event or something. But yeah, Edge versus Seth Rollins. Pretty damn good match. One of my favorite ones of the night. I I really like the the glam slam and the uh, educator just to kind of freshen things up a little bit. Big old thumbs up. Two of them. Yeah, I was a big, big fan of this match. I thought that it, um, it started quite slow, and so I was quite nervous because mainly just like Rollins walking around and Edge making like a, like a couple of brief flurries, but it was mainly like Rollins pandering to the crowd. And so I was worried because the crowd started booing. And so it's it's where you get that little moment where you it's, are they booing Rollins or are they booing the fact that this match is going really slowly? And but then it fi- figured out that because they were cheering for Edge when he got on offense and they were booing Rollins, so it feel like okay, this crowd is actually invested in this match. This is a match they actually want to see and they are getting into. And yeah, I thought that it really picked up towards the end. Rollins was hitting some of his big signature offense, and Edge was fighting back with his own. The um, the swinging net breaker off the top right was a nice uh, a nice spot. He hit the spear through the ropes much better than Big E did. So if maybe maybe uh, B has to retire that now because Edge can do it better than him. Uh, they did the um, they did the classic uh, Roman Reigns spot where Rollins blocked the spear into a pedigree. Loved it. Yeah, remember remember that from a uh, was it? it was Money Bank like 2016 something like that. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then you had Rollins kick out the spear, which was interesting. So now they seem to really be transitioning into Edge using the crossface or some variation of that as his finisher so he's got a submission move rather than the spear being like his his go-to weapon and i love the way they did it as well because he breaks out of it originally and then he just like he's like oh good i've gotten out of it ha 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 and then ed just grabs his head and just like slams it against the mat constantly it's like a kratos and god of war series where he just like smanging banging a guy's face into the mat until it like pretty much combusts into it and then puts another choke back on and Rollins has to tap out. And yeah, I just thought that these two really, really brought it at a time this show desperately needed a, a match to wake people up and get excited again. I couldn't have been more happy with how it turned out. And I agree with you on the apron and spear. Edge can do it and he did it better. Maybe Big E shouldn't. Scary uh, when he does it too, though, right? <laughs> But because he did it to Rollins and he didn't get tripped up, it was less scary. Yeah, I guess there's more jeopardy in the um. In well, the because Corbin, there. first of all, Biggie is a thick dude, and Corbin was big, and it just didn't work out. But this match, phenomenal. Ed got the little brood entrance in the beginning. That was a touch that I don't think I needed, but it was still cool to see because that's a cool entrance and a cool song. Uh, just. Hats off to these men. Where would you guys like to see Edge go after this? And what about Seth Rollins? AEW. <laughs> oh, <sorry>. uh, <laughs> I was not yeah. expecting that. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like after this, he should probably go... I'm trying to think of, like... Cause I feel like he should go with someone, again, that he hasn't worked with before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm fine with him sticking to, on the babyface side of things right now. I don't think he needs to turn heel. Corbin doesn't really make a huge amount of sense, I don't think. I'm trying to feel someone who's a bit more... Uh, I mean, I'd be fine with him going off the Nakamura and the Intercontinental title. I would like... That'd be a lot of fun, actually, Edge's IC champion. I'm going to stake my claim and say Finn Balor. 
I think Finn Balor could have promo on Talking Smack. He spoke about being pissed off that Edge just, or that uh, Cena just basically climbed over his body and took his match. I think the Prince Finn Balor versus Edge, it could be along the same lines of a Rollins in terms of match quality, but Edge still wants to work with the young guys. So that can be one for him to work. But I like that IC title idea. The two that come to my mind are Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They, yeah, they. I mean, they work as well, definitely. I think I'd kind of lean more towards Zayn now. Because I'm like, well, what does Edge do at Mania? I think Edge versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania could be a really good match. Hopefully Owens turns heel in the process for that. What about we'll Rollins, see. though? Um, huh. That's he tough, needs, isn't it? Yeah, he might just need to go to Raw. He needs... Now the Becky's on the SmackDown Women's Champion. That's true, so that probably won't happen. Yep. I, don't think Cesaro, I don't think Cesaro's doing anything right now. <laughs> oh. I don't think I've seen that match this year. Um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to place him anything. I mean, maybe... Because Nakamura is a babyface, so maybe yeah, it does make more him sense against... for him to go towards the Intercontinental title right now. Maybe Balor? I mean, Rollins that was Balor? You could face. Yeah, you could put him in there as well. Um, trying to think if there's anyone else that's really standing out on the babyface side. I mean, you could fight Big E for a while. Like, he's a former Money in the Bank holder, so maybe he tries to use that. Maybe he tries to bait Big E into getting a match for the briefcase, so that's how he... How he now tries to navigate his line to get in the end to fight for the world title. Yeah, I like the idea of IC title because I really enjoyed his IC title run, and I think he's best suited in that mid card championship workhorse slot. So I'd put him back there. So after this. <laughs> And John Morrison and The Miz come to the ring, and they said that they were getting ready to soak the crowd with the Dripstick 2000. Uh, somebody, uh, I'm trying to find the thing or whatever, somebody was just like, the Dripstick, the this and this and this, oh my god, Vince is horny, <laughs> kind of thing. Mm. But they don't have it the way that they thought that they did. Morrison thought The Miz had it, Miz thought The Morrison had it. Xavier Woods comes out. Dressed up as a Scott Hall homage. And he's mm-hmm. got this big super soaker. And this... Look, I'm a huge fan of The Miz. I'm a huge fan of John Morrison. I'm a huge fan of Xavier Woods. I'm a big fan of Scott Hall. All four elements of this. Shit, I like super soakers. <laughs> they were fun as hell as a kid. This was goddamn terrible. <laughs> The crowd could not have given the slightest shit if you would have just paid them, it seems. I think they got into the bit from Woods, but this wasn't necessary, and it wasn't necessary at a quarter to 11 (laughs) o'clock. It really wasn't. Like, it didn't even set up, oh, Logan Paul's laughing at them from ringside. It was just, 
Hey, they're going to soak him. And Kofi's nowhere to be found, which is concerning. Um, Woods looked great. The tights looked great. The hair looked great. Five-star cosplay. But this was stupid. And by the way, are Super Soakers not in production anymore? Why don't they just use Super Soakers? No uh, product placement deal, I guess. Maybe they are trying to get a Super Soaker product placement deal, and they just won't do it. So now they have to switch it over or whatever. Well, Fine, well, then. We'll make our well, own Super Soakers. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, the product placement deal was with Push It. That's a water company, whatever they, it's called. Push It? Oh, oh Pure Life. Pure Life, sorry. But yeah, for Push It instead. I don't know where that came from. Pure Life. <laughs> the, pure, the Pure Life water thing was the is the brand deal they have. That is true, actually. They do have a brand deal for Pure Life. I was just like, wait, push it? Like, push pops? Yeah. Like, that's what I, I, don't know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's, that just shows how little I was paying attention to it. But, like, that's the... I knew there was a brand new involved, but it's clearly not with Super Soakers with that instead, so... But, yeah, that's the... um, That's what the brand deal is. And then... The, I guess the more... Um, the whole the whole segment itself was just an absolute train wreck from start to finish because the crowd just... The crowd at this point is just, like, it wants to just get through the matches at this... Because a lot of them probably just wanted to get out there, and some of them had tickets for the Pacquiao fight, and probably wanted to get going. And so when the Miz and John Morrison just appear, and realistically, I know like Tony likes them, and there are probably people in the chat that still like them and stuff like that as well. But for the most part, no one really gives a fuck about these two. Like, like okay, we can watch a segment of them in Raw and stuff like that, maybe five minutes at a time. But we really don't want you at this moment in time to be here. And then you, oh, they have to do the lame comedy of like, oh, I thought you had the Dripstick 2000. No, it's I don't have school. the Dripstick 2000. Well, then who has like, the Dripstick 2000? And even and, the name Dripstick 2000. This is very old school. So Vince then, left. Yeah, and then you see Xavier Woods come out and like you can just hear the desperation pouring out of his voice of like, please find this funny. Please like what I'm saying. Please get behind this. Mm-hmm. And then the spraying and it just like they tried to make it look like the beer spray thing because they always try and recreate that spot. And like just hearing that, like seeing them all splash around in the water and stuff like that. And the crowd just, yeah, couldn't give any less of a shit about what was happening. I think that the and, crowd was also confused too because it's like, where does Scott Hall come into this? They're probably confused about, first of all, the Scott Hall reference, and second of all, the how, why are they falling around and flailing over the place? It's a fucking water. It's water. Yeah. yeah. Why, everybody flips out about this. It's like, you take showers, don't you? <laughs> you know? It's not like the water is like, it's like I don't know, like, tainted it's like, or something. Like, you know, it's different if they would have filled this with piss, <laughs> then it's a different yeah, story. I, I didn't realize that like Ms. Morrison were fire types. And so they have to like, <laughs> maybe they're uh, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. I, mean, I don't. To be fair, if they were, to be fair, if they were fire types, I don't think it's like having one of them carrying around a drip stick the entire time would probably be that sensible in the first place. But that's like, but yeah, like, oh no, uh, I'm I'm slightly wet. Yeah, it was just. Uh, yeah, it was a, such a, a like an, a segment which they had so little need to do and yet they decided to proceed on with in the first place it's just yep did not like it at all let me moved over to the wwe championship match bobby lashley against goldberg i uh i wrote down while well, the entrances are done should i start counting the seconds down and this went a little bit longer than i thought that it was going to and in a weird way too it was a match 
It was it was an actual match. With a weird ending, yeah. though, because mm. mid, like midway through or so, MVP, <laughs> I mean, he's supposed to hit Goldberg in the leg. He maybe barely taps him and Goldberg has like a delayed reaction of like, oh, oh, oh ow, yeah, ow. Also, that hurt. And then the rest of the match is working on the leg to the point where Goldberg loses by referee stoppage. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, this beast it's, it's, that was unstoppable before and has lost 60% of his matches since he's come back on this run he gets beaten up so much that it's like oh the old man can't stand up wow well, well so you can't have it both ways right like you can't have Goldberg run through Lashley and also like be mad that the old man couldn't hang with Lashley. I think this is very clear. Goldberg is going to get that belt. It will just take place in a kingdom in Saudi Arabia. I I think because of everything you just said about it wasn't, he didn't really hit him and they ended up working on the knee and all that. I think Goldberg will definitely say, hey, I wanted a shot, and they'll do it in Saudi, and Goldberg will get the win. Yeah, I think in their way, this was them protecting Goldberg by having him lose to, like, essentially referee. Like, Goldberg didn't give up the referee, just decided, okay, I can't let him take any more damage to the leg, so that's me making the decision on Goldberg's behalf, so he doesn't have to submit, he doesn't have to take a pinfall. Lashley then keeps attacking him with a chair afterwards. I was more worried about the multiple times where they both dropped each other on their heads during the match, but that was like oh my a whole, God. Different, <laughs> whole, whole different situation. But yeah, they do that multiple times because yeah, they were they're just pretty reckless in the ring, both of them. I assume just because of the fact that they wanted this to look as real and as nasty as possible. You have... Yeah, you have the referee stoppage, tax with chair afterwards. Gage comes out, puts oh, him in the best lock. part. <laughs> yeah, you got the kid comes out, tries to jump on uh, Goldberg's back. Look, Goldberg will jump on Lashley's back. Lashley pulls him over into the hurt lock, takes him out. Uh, MVP tries to like backpedal a little bit because essentially his uh, WWE champion and client just uh, choked out a kid. 15 year old kid, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 16 maybe. And, like, Gage, to the kid's credit, goes out like a light after being ragdolled for like 10 seconds yeah of course he doesn't feel anything uh like uh a minute later when he's like sitting up with his uh, dad and stuff like that and just like like at least i i appreciate him selling it in the first place but then you just like you know maintain it a little bit and then goldberg obviously sees that his son is down and he shouts at lashley like shouts that he's dead and stuff like that so that's clearly the indication that yeah this is going to saudi yes goldberg is probably going to become wwe champion in saudi arabia and that means that he's probably because of the way that his deal was structured he's not going to wrestle again until the royal rumble boss i hate the idea of goldberg winning this championship the Saudi thing, if he has the other match and then Lashley wins again, it's not going to be something I'm going to be thrilled about, but at least it's 
the better alternative. I don't want Goldberg winning this championship, and I don't want Goldberg holding it until WrestleMania or anything along those lines either. So I think Goldberg wins in Saudi, and then you immediately have Survivor Series sets up the Goldberg-Roman match that you were supposed to get at WrestleMania last year, and Charlotte versus Becky, because who hasn't get it got enough of that? So you got two solid matches for Survivor Series if you put that belt on Goldberg in October. But who does it? Is that when? I I mean I'd assume that if you are putting the title on Goldberg, do you, is that when you do the Big E thing? Because well, Big yeah, E always talks about how he wants to he wants to beat Goldberg. And then you give Big E his moment, like literally of. He wants to face Goldberg. Let him fight Goldberg. Hmm. I mean, I'm not infused at all with the idea. And judged by the reaction of the match itself, I don't think most people are pretty uh, infused with the idea of Goldberg even wrestling anymore. Yeah, because there were very response. audible chance. Yeah, there were audible chance of thank you, Lashley. They cheered when he put the kid in the hurt, in the hurt lock. <laughs> like they were booing I Goldberg. I was when just he, like, fuck yeah, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> They were booing Goldberg when he was on offense. It's like, people are done with Goldberg. They don't want him around anymore. Like, you take bets on whether or not WWE notices that? Which, I, I, actually, I'll take that back. I don't think they don't want Goldberg around in any capacity anymore. They just don't want him in the title picture anymore. Yeah, I think it would be a lot better if it's just like, hey, Goldberg's in this random match, and it's going to be just to see Goldberg again. Yeah. People would be like, all right, cool, you know, take a five-minute match and do that. But you don't have to always get put these guys in the title matches. Yeah. And it's not even like it's not even like Goldberg as a person himself. It's more like just what he represents, which is an old part-time guy getting title opportunities instead of them actually building up people to earn those opportunities from within their own ranks. So it's not even like Goldberg himself. It's more just the concept of and we're done with all of these part-time people coming in and getting these opportunities. Can we do something with the talent that we have? Well, I guess we're going to have to find out. Probably just some kind of a throwaway match at Extreme Rules. Goldberg again in Saudi for Crown Jewel in October. Which didn't have a date, right? They didn't say it was just they happening just October. in October. Because right now, it's like... Don't go over there. COVID's bad. Hmm. And God knows, you know, we don't even know where we'll be with COVID by then. Shit, we don't even know where we're going to be tomorrow. (laughs) Universal Championship match ended the night. There's uh, John Cena against Roman Reigns. And um, I I really like this. It's not something that I'm probably going to put on my match of the year candidates. But then again, I had a lot of fun watching it. And there were a couple moments in there where they got me. A couple attitude adjustments where I was just like, okay, my God, John Cena's going to win. You know? Yeah. I, Callum probably thinks this is blasphemous. But I did tweet out, because they got me on a few near falls, that Roman is getting very good. He's getting near Kurt Angle level of like, oh, shit, he's out. And no, he got a shoulder up. Like, they had some really good ones in this match. I loved the fact that a match like this ended a show. It feels like a long time since we've seen a match 
conducted like this and a WWE pay-per-view. But then I also feel like uh, John, to me, in the build to this was too cartoony. Like, too, oh, my God, I just have to roll you up one, two, three. And he wrestled like that. That, to his credit, he was just playing off the story of the match. But it also felt like he was too unsure of his abilities. And maybe that has to do with the time away from the ring. But I just, I would prefer a little more confidence in what he was doing. That being said, phenomenal match for what it was. Yeah, I did enjoy this match. It just felt a little bit like this is every single John Cena match since probably the last time he won the world title. <laughs> well, well, no, well, I'm owing more like when he uh, last won the WWE Championship. It's just when he comes back, he does these matches. It's him being beaten up for ages and ages and ages. He does all his, like, his usual shtick does the five moves of doom in some sort of configuration and then he just spams AA repeatedly. <laughs> it's like a I'm trying to think of a game where you just double jump all the time. So he just like, spams the AA button constantly. Just like It's more uh, combat where I used to freeze an uppercut with sub zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's on he's on he's like playing here comes the cut pain and he sets his character up where he starts with five finishes as a straight away. <laughs> and uh yeah he just hits the yeah, he just constantly goes back to that move. So he does it once, Roman kicks out. He does it through a table, gets back in the ring, Roman kicks out, does the super AA, Roman kicks out again, and like locks in the STF, Roman gets out. So at that point, you just feel like, okay, well, Roman's going to win at some point. We're just waiting to see how it's done. And then Roman dominates most of the match. He does his trash talking stuff. He hits two Superman punches, a spear, and it's over. It was. I appreciate the fact it was clean. I don't think it needed to have all the the bells and whistles, even though that's what I was expecting to happen. And yeah, you just you establish uh, Roman even further by having him be who has for a long time been the guy in the company. So that and you just beat him clean. So you just like, establish yourself. Like, okay, I am better than what has come before me right now. But then we move on to the other thing we'll go talk about. But for the match, yeah, it was a. It was a very good match, but it's not something that blew me away because I just think that's what Cena can and does do now. I agree with that. Um, Paul Heyman's facials, when they're punching back and forth and he's selling every punch that Cena hits Roman with, I thought that was beautiful. Paul is so good and he adds so much to little moments like that. And I really did appreciate all that. Uh, I enjoyed this run for John. I don't want him gone yet. But it kind of, the writing's on the wall, you know. He lost clean. It is what it is. So after the match, Roman Reigns retains and we're treated with one more surprise. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar looks like he has been sitting on his farm and doing nothing but lifting weights and eating raw steak. The guy looks huge, and he looks like he will run right through any human that even looks at him the wrong way. He, I can almost say I can't use the word star, 
Brock Lesnar is what a star should look like. Brock Lesnar looked great. And Paul Heyman, again, masterful. He's sitting in a corner crying because, oh my God, it's finally happened. They're coming face to face again. I never wanted this to happen. And he's, uh, Brock gets closer to Roman. He's pleading, no, no. And he Paul and Roman leave and he, they're walking up the ramp and he's, oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, amazing. Paul Heyman did more to sell me on Brock Lesnar in five seconds than, you know, six months has sold me on Damian Priest on Raw. Amazing. I do have to say, even though obviously I'm, I'm happy for that uh, Brock Lesnar's back, well, to an extent. I mean, I'm not going to fucking watch this shit anymore, so it's like, <laughs> so it doesn't bother me one way or another. <laughs> but the, the bigger issue I have with it is the case that this is the third, essentially the third sequence in a row where Roman has faced a guy who's returning to a degree. I mean, Edge came back, he'd obviously wrestled in WrestleMania, but he came back after an absence like stepped up to Roman and then they fought at Money in the Bank. Then he was immediately swept aside and Cena comes in and Cena's the new guy that's been phasing him. And then Cena loses this match. He gets swept basically under the ring and then Brock Lesnar comes out. And that seems to just be the pattern. And I assume this is what's going to be the holding pattern now until Survivor Series. And then Brock Lesnar's going to be swept under the rug and there's the rock comes in. And that's what yeah. I said there. And that's essentially what we have. We have a conveyor belt that Roman is now going through of stars of yesteryear. And in this entire time, nobody is being built up from the actual roster of people. Just part-time guy, followed by part-time guy, followed by part-time guy, followed by like legitimate movie star, who's the, the most part-time of part-time guys. And well... Just- if you have to say the trajectory for these, because we kind of were talking a little bit about it for Goldberg and uh, the idea of him carrying the title if he wins it or whatever. Goldberg, Lashley, whatever it might be, Roman Reigns, if anybody beats him or something along those lines. I mean, Extreme Rules is next. Why don't we give these predictions? Who do, who's fighting who at Extreme Rules? Lashley. Lashley will fight... I'm trying to think who is actually somewhat in a good position on Raw. Uh, he can't be Drew. Yeah, it can't be Drew. So, who is actually pushed on Raw? <laughs> um, it can't that... be Randy. Or, it can't be Randy or Riddle because they're tag champions. So, like, they're not going to fight for it. Now, mm-hmm. I did just say that I did see them running a three-way. Soon, but not this soon. I mean, um, he lost. He lost to keep like Keith Lee lost to him in like five minutes a couple of weeks ago. So unless they do some sort of radical readjustment, Jeff hit, Hardy, the guy has lost to Carrying Cross like, well, like more it's recently. Extreme now. rules. Find a gimmick. Put a ladder there, and it's Jeff. If not Jeff, and you're gonna laugh at this, I think it could be Ricochet. Bobby's Actually, been I, talking a lot about how he wants guys like Ricochet and Ali and Drew Gulak to step up and be on that level. And what a better pay-per-view than Extreme Rules to go, 
All right, we need something to throw at the wall. What can well, we do? Well, I, uh, again, it depends on what they plan on doing with the tag team titles, but I'd kind of be okay if it was AJ Styles. And if it is a heel versus heel thing, I think you can position AJ as a temporary baby face for that one. I'm never going to complain about AJ Styles getting a man of that. Because I mean, I'm just looking through the list of people and just like that no one stands out as a potential real challenger. Another one that's not already like occupied in something else. It's like, I mean, to be honest, the most um, protected person on Raw right now that isn't like like Damien Priest or something like that, because obviously he just won the top, so I don't think you'd elevate him straight away, is fucking Reggie. <laughs> Uh, imagine if it's Reggie versus Lashley at Extreme Rules. <laughs> but yeah, there, there really is no one else unless there's the, like this entire magic overhaul of the Elias character is going to be doing that. Oh, Jackson Riker won his most recent feud. Maybe we can put him uh, into the title picture instead. Do it yeah, for so America. That's confusing enough as it is. Uh, but sticking on Lashley. I don't think. Yeah. What do you guys think the WrestleMania match? For the WWE Championship is going to be. Yeah, this is Survivor. Um, uh, this is SummerSlam. So this is like theoretically going into tonight's show. They should have known what they want to do for WrestleMania, at least for a tentative option. Uh, I I honestly have no idea what they're going to do for the WWE Championship match. If we stick on the current path of, like, we just want to fill the void, Goldberg and Cena. Keep the belt on Goldberg and just do the John Cena match, because why not? Um, I can't think of anyone that's, like, full-time that would be doing it right now. Like, maybe... Maybe you transition the belt back to McIntyre at some point, and you've seen a McIntyre or something. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, there's there's nobody on the actual roster that is built well enough to be WWE champion heading into WrestleMania at this point. I'm drawing a even blank. blank for You're not it. even Lashley. I have no idea. I like, I like that you asked the question and yet you don't have an answer. I was hoping you guys would give well, me something. I'd go maybe that. <laughs> well, we, well, there's there's a reason why we're all saying this stuff. It's just that there's like. I'm sure we could ask loads of people and they would have like suggestions and stuff like that, but I don't know how you get to that point. And the fact of the matter is we won't know until at the very earliest the Royal Rumble any real indication of where they're going with it. Right. I think if I had to pick what I would want, I'd probably go Keith Lee wins the Royal Rumble and fights Bobby Lashley for the championship. Just because I like Keith Lee. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, my idea is, well, my... My concept is that I feel like Big E will be champion by that point. And I think if he WWE champion, he won't be universal champion. So so, mate, so I'm thinking he's defends the title against someone, maybe. Unless they decide to take the universal title off of Roman somehow, maybe through Brock, put him on Raw because Raw needs ratings. Because that's another thing we haven't talked about. SmackDown tonight which is doing better than Raw in the ratings, got Becky and Brock. 
maybe Raw needs one of those because Raw's a dud. They could always swap the champions. They've done that in the draft before. First round pick, yeah. Monday Night Raw drafts Roman Reigns, that kind of thing. And they're going to hand their titles over to each other like. Uh, oh, God, the, I hope uh, not. <laughs> Street Profits. It's ridiculous. I did. Hopefully, like, at that point, if they do that, they just hand him, uh, hand Roman the um, the red belt. I mean, I can tell you, like, pretty plainly, like, even though WWE title picture is completely out of my, out of like any sort of vision that I can give at the moment. I tell you, the universal title match is going to be Roman Reigns versus uh, The Rock. It should Rock, be yeah. at the very least. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that. Even if it's not for the championship, that's what Roman Reigns matches at WrestleMania, so it's going to be the main event regardless. So, if they have taken the universe title off of him by that point, and it goes to someone else, then then that just adds again the the whole. I I couldn't really tell you at that point, but if it's still on Roman, then he's facing the Rock, and he'll probably beat the Rock, and then we just see who they eventually build up to eventually beat him. So. But that's that's all I can really project at this point in time. Well, I want to know what ideas everybody has. Drop them in the comments below. Where would you like to see things going forward for the next couple of months leading up to WrestleMania? Do you have any ideas in mind of what you would like to see at Extreme Rules? Then, you know, following through with that, with you've got the Saudi Arabia show, Crown Jewel coming in October. They haven't announced any other kind of a thing. Should be Clash of Champions, but maybe we don't get that. And then we got Survivor Series, so Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch seems like that's a thing. Maybe we get Roman Reigns versus... Maybe that's the Goldberg match after he beats Bobby Lashley. It's, uh... I don't know. I mean, this is kind of confusing times. I don't think WWE knows exactly where they're going with a lot of these things either, but... That's the pay-per-view. That's SummerSlam. Overall, you guys thinking thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle... One thumb up, one thumb. thumb to the side in some kind of weird crooked way. <laughs> Thumbs in the middle. Well, like I said, where it hit, it hit really strong. Where it didn't, it felt awful. Uh, my thumb is pointing out of a out that side of like the road, looking to hitch a wagon away from this company and towards <laughs> towards back to professional wrestling. Calum, give us a little bit of an insight on how the Fantasy League played out with this. Okay. Oh, yeah, I can definitely um, give a bit of an indication there. So, in terms of, obviously, we did our predictions for this show. got the final ones up here. And the person that did the best on this one is someone who got 100% right. Is it you? That was Tony. Really? Tony really? Reigns, Lashley, Flair, <laughs> Bel- but the, obviously the Bel- Belair thing is different because that match was taken out of it. It wasn't Sasha Banks versus yeah. Belair, so we're going you know, discount that one. So you got Reigns, Lashley, Flair, Edge, Usos, RK Bro, Priest, Bliss, and McIntyre. So got Ooh. all of those ones correct. Uh, I got wrong both. I thought Nikki Ash would retain, and I thought Jinder Mahal would win, so I got two wrong. Rob only got one wrong, which was Mahal. Oh, no, actually, you got, you got two wrong as well. I got two wrong, too. I, I you went got Marie. for uh, Eva. Yeah. yeah. Eva. Uh, but the tie, yeah, the tiebreaker on that one is that who got closest to the time of the Goldberg-Lashley uh, match, which, based on the time that's currently being given on Wikipedia of uh, seven minutes and ten seconds, 
Rob had seven minutes sixteen. Oh. I had five I had five thirty eight. So <laughs> Rob was so Rob was close to this. What that will mean for the fantasy league is that Tony will be able to make three changes to his team when we do the next like round of like roster shakeups. Rob can make two changes. I can only make the solitary change, which is really disappointing for me because my my uh, the thing is I have to make one change because I have Bronson Reed on my <laughs> so so he's the one that I have to get rid of. So I can't even make any any real changes based on the rest of the other people. And I I'm struggling really badly with my team. It's been a really bad one because I decided in the whole like grand scheme of things as well. To make carrying cross my protected pick, and that's really blown up in my face. Oh. So the good thing about that is that because Tony won the uh, thing, it means that Rob didn't win it on a second straight one. So that means uh. that there's no there's no there's no additional punishments or anything like that. So Tony can't remove someone from one of our teams or anything like that unless he wins extreme rules as well. Uh, it's been a bad one for me for predictions as well. I haven't won a single prediction contest yet. It's gone Rob Tony, Rob Tony. <laughs> Rob, get one of these wrong uh, that you were supposed to be going next. Let me get two. <laughs> no, no. If anyone's inter- interested in how it's going this week, um, I haven't obviously tabulated the um, scores for uh, 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 SummerSlam yet. So once they're added... Actually, actually, go through the plugs a little bit, and I'll um, and I'll um, add them together and see what I've, see what we've got for uh, SummerSlam, and I can tell you exactly where we are before. Obviously, the week that ends after Takeover, I can give you an indication of where we are currently for this uh, week. Where we are on the podcast for this week, tomorrow night we've got another pay per view. NXT Takeover Thirty Six is happening. So just the same as we did right now, we have this post-show that was live up on here. We're going to have the same sort of deal, live post-show following NXT TakeOver 36 tomorrow night. And then we're kind of up in the air. We don't know what the main event is going to be next week. We don't even know what day we're going to record next week, necessarily. So that might factor in a little bit, too. But we're currently thinking maybe some kind of wrestling with the past. Wrestling is 2020, talking about CM Punk's uh, pipe bomb. And just kind of carrying along with, you know, the biggest story that's going on for this week in pro wrestling and um you know whenever we do that you'll know when you follow and you like and share and you subscribe and you do all of those good things over there especially if you have those email alerts which you should have because that way you know when we go live for these kind of things like if you don't have that set up tonight maybe you didn't know that we were live specifically and getting ready to get this podcast started but there you go if you do that you'll uh, be aware of that in the meantime for that and the hot tags and everything else that we got coming your way, just stay tuned to the channel, subscribe to it, check out the website, markoutmoment.com. Do the same thing for fanboysanonymous.com and check out what we've got going on there because we've got movie reviews and we've got fan tracks for the audio commentary things are a lot of fun. I definitely want to get a little bit more of those in the mix too. Got a couple different things that I've been putting down as just like notes for the future. We took care of the Jungle Cruise one, so if you want more of The Rock, and you want to listen to Rob and I talk about Jungle Cruise, watch that movie with us. Put that on the uh, fan tracks episode 44, if I remember correctly. We've gotten lots of episodes of A Review to a Kill about the James Bond franchise. Our From Recap with Love is kind of rounding out here, so we're going to do another one of those down the line, too. And, 
you know, if you follow a mango tree and you follow me at Tony Mango, you'll see whatever thing else that I got going on that I feel like putting out there. Rob, toss out yours. Yeah, so you can follow me on every social media platform at Dude Felice. I do appreciate the uh, extra follows I've gotten recently. So if you want to join, I am at Dude Felice everywhere. I'm at Dude Felice on Instagram, Twitch, uh, TikTok. I never go on TikTok, but I have it there. So if you want to follow, go right ahead. And there will be a DudeFleece.com coming soon, along with maybe some other dot-coms re-emerging. Who knows? Callum, back to you for the Fantasy League updates. Okay, just calculated the, managed to quickly get the uh, scores together. So, currently as it stands for this week, Tony's got 94 points combined. Uh, Bobby Lashley, the front-runner for him, getting 30 points so far. Uh, Robbie, Robbie's sitting on 71 points. Uh Brad, Greatly helped by Charlotte's 50 points that she's got so far, and Roman Reigns is 32 points, hindered, hindered by the fact that uh, Nikki Ash is on minus 25. <laughs> because uh, she lost... Uh, I should have went all she, in she on lost the... tw- She lost twice on Raw, she lost tonight, and she lost a title. So that's I should have went though. all in on the Queen, but I had to hedge my bets. Just... And then I'm sitting on 78 for this week, uh, helped obviously by... Randy Orton and Jimmy Uso because of their uh, tag team title success. Hurt by the fact that Bianca Belair shockingly lost her uh, title to uh, mm. someone who I didn't even expect to lose her title to. But uh, yeah, so that's hurt me a little bit. But I have the benefit of the fact that I have Samoa Joe on my team. So I might be looking good for uh, tomorrow night, hopefully. But yeah, other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at Most 14 Check out all the other stuff on smartcamo.com, including the Fantasy League and the Power Rankings and all the other weekly stuff that we have going on on there as well. And yeah, I think I'll I'll leave it on that. So yeah, just keep tuned to everything that's going on on the channel. Alrighty, everybody, that is going to do us in for the SummerSlam post show. Greatly appreciate all the super chats and all the regular chats and, you know, the comments and everything. Just hanging out with us and having a good time. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode and hopefully you enjoy tomorrow's takeover and tomorrow's takeover post show as well. Hopefully you enjoy your day, your night, whatever time you're listening to this, whatever it might be. But that's going to do us in for this episode. Adios for now, everyone. This has been another Smart Out moment and we're being counted out. Ah!